Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. On the previous program, I closed by talking about rebellion, about just a wave of rebellion across the breadth of the United States of America against God, rebellion against God. Even though there are protests by some, and there is a great deal of continual bombardment in the media by those of the left and with the acquiescence of the middle and even of those who are considered conservative regarding rebellion, supposedly, by good and godly people committed within the fabric of the history of this nation— The truth of the matter is that that rebellion that was engaged in, if you will, was not rebellion against God, which is in diametric opposition to the rebellion that pervades this nation. When I say it pervades or it's pervasive, do I mean that each and every person in this nation is a rebel against God? No. What I do mean is that the activity of concerted, orchestrated rebellion against God within this nation is rampant and is to be found in every state, every city, every governmental body. The rebellion goes back so far that, and this, it's not recognized by so many people who do recognize that there's a problem, do recognize that there is rebellion, and that it is endangering this nation, endangering the good and godly in this nation. Many of them don't recognize how long this has been in the works. Not just years, not just a decade or two or three or four. It goes back much further. But with each passing year, it becomes more pervasive. And those who I will say are of the left, socialist and communist, libertine, leftists, those who are in league with the great world planners who plan the destruction of this nation, they become more brazen, more blatant, more flagrant as time wears on and as the condition of this nation deteriorates, as the culture in this nation degenerates, devolves, if you will. 
In the Bible, it says the following. I have spoken unto them, but they have not heard. And I have called unto them, but they have not answered. Now, I'm acquainted with family members who, when they receive a phone call, they answer it habitually, even if they think it is just a junk call, even if they think that it is just going to be one more of these bothersome, annoying calls. Even if they don't recognize the number, or if they do recognize the number as being from one of those places, they will answer the phone. It's just the way many of us are, the way we are conditioned (laughs) to think that we need to answer to everything. And yet it's amazing here in the United States of America how many people will deliberately, premeditatedly tune out the truth of God, absolutely tune it out, refuse to hear the word of God, not from flawed, imperfect, sinful people such as myself, but directly from the Bible. They completely shut it out, tune it out, turn a deaf ear, and yet they will insist on ingesting all manner of other things. When I spoke ever so briefly concerning rebellion at the end of the last program, of course I didn't do justice to it. And I could do a hundred programs, a thousand programs, and not do justice on it. But the induced abortion agenda the infanticide agenda, the political activism that has promoted these things and continues to promote them, all of the pressure that has been applied that has resulted in the legalization of absolutely murderous pornography, just the worst of the worst of the worst, that has allowed for these things to flourish. The matter of court-ordered executions of people who have not been accused of committing any crime, have not been accused of committing any wrongdoing. People who in so many instances are in fact young women and yet are not supported by, are not protected by, are not defended by, are not fought for by all of these great champions of women's rights, but instead are murdered by court orders, rendered by evil justices so-called justices, you know, as in justice, because they have not sufficiently recovered from injuries, from wounds, from attempted murder, from car accidents or car collisions that were not accidents, 
from all manner of things. And they are made out to be supposedly comatose. And in some cases, there are people that are comatose. But so many of these incidents have involved young women who are not comatose, not unconscious, in fact, are responsive, but are unable to speak because they've had feeding tubes put down their throats, even when they have been able to be fed by spoon and to drink fluids, but they have instead been relegated to the extremely painful process of having feeding tubes inserted so that they can be made out to be in a vegetative state when in fact they are not. This has been going on for decades in the dear old United States of America, in the land of the free and home of the brave. And yet, meanwhile, we have the most vicious, ruthless, murderous, heinous destroyers who frequently are not even given a sentence, a sentence of the death penalty, let alone there being a death penalty carried out. They aren't even sentenced to a death penalty. How many of them, if and or when, they're finally convicted, prosecuted, and convicted, convicted of charges that are pled down, that are reduced, sent to prison, how many of them are afforded all manner of benefits, even though they've kidnapped, raped, murdered, slaughtered, destroyed, Many, 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 continually over years of time, such as the self-styled Night Stalker. And yet they are afforded privileges, conjugal visits, not with wives, mind you, but with fans of theirs, groupies of prison inmates, and death row inmates, and so on and so forth. And they are kept incarcerated at enormous cost to the people of the United States of America while some darling young women are starved and dehydrated to death under court orders from evil judges with state troopers at the doors of their rooms preventing any terrible people from breaking in and giving them nourishment. If you don't believe that has happened many, many, many times and continues to happen, then check it out. Because if you don't believe it, you are mistaken. It's a blot upon this nation. It's a pox upon this nation. The rebellion in this nation committed by judges, by justices, is absolutely monstrous. The wickedness, the rebellion, the evil committed by elected officials is monstrous. And yet, 
those such as dear old Hillary Rodham Clinton and those that she is championing would have us to believe that no, it is the blacks in America that are so oppressed and put upon. There are blacks in America that are oppressed and endangered and jeopardized. And who are they? They are those who are being preyed upon by the vicious, ruthless gangs. Not the police, the vicious, ruthless gangs. Who inhabit every major city in this nation. And I'm not referring to the drug cartels of Central American, Mexican, and South American destroyers who've made their way into this nation. I'm not referring to the black inner city gangs that prey upon the people in the inner city, so many of whom are black. some of whom are on welfare, others of whom are the working poor, others of whom are the working lower middle class, and they're not able to rise up to the middle class because of our wonderful government policies that are in place supposedly to help them. Because of the refusal of our justice system and others to root out all of these evil ones who prey upon them. Let me digress for a moment. Of course, the, the various NFL uh, protests take place largely during the performance of the national anthem at National Football League games. But for a moment, let me digress and take a quick peek at the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance, I have a little problem with it, frankly. And it goes something like this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic of for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. My problem with it is this, is that the allegiance in it, the allegiance that is being expressed is to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic, not to God. It's to the flag, to the Republic, to the nation, but not to God. If you're going to have a safe, secure, righteous, just, good, godly, peaceful nation with liberty and justice for all, you need to have allegiance to God. Allegiance to a flag, a republic, a nation won't cut it. It simply won't. It's window dressing more than anything else. I feel similarly about the national anthem. There is so much injustice 
in this nation. But it's not focused at the black population, contrary to these liars and fools and these panderers and these race baiters, contrary to what they would have us believe. The injustice that is done, done to these who are murdered by court order while they have committed no wrongdoing. If they've committed any wrong, it is that they have failed to sufficiently recover from accidents, from wounds, and from attacks made against them. There are cases where a young woman has been attacked by a monster who she made the mistake of marrying, and he hasn't succeeded in murdering her, but the courts take care of that. And he's able to collect insurance. Remarkable, incredible, impossible, evil things. Evil, evil things. This case of Charlie Gard, this very, very, very young child over in Britain who was gravely ill and whom the courts, the judge in the court, refused to allow the parents to look after to his death. And instead, they took over. And they saw to it that he was put to death by non-care. By having care removed and the parents be damned. And yet, meanwhile, in dear old wonderful Britain, while that's going on, and here in the United States of America and up in Canada, sodomites are allowed to adopt children. And then they're allowed to raise them to follow in their footsteps. And they're allowed to cause children to be injected with Drugs which will change their body chemistry and keep a little boy from developing into a man, keep a little girl from developing into a woman. Little things like this, hardly worth mentioning, that our courts don't have any problem with. There are so many evils across this nation that are just beyond imagination, beyond the pale. Things have gotten so horrendously far from where they should be. That old advertisement for women's cigarettes, Virginia Slim, that went something like this. You've come a long way, baby. 
Well, we've come a long way, baby. And we don't have much further to go. With each passing year, each passing decade, and each passing generation, this nation becomes less and less and less recognizable. And while there are good and godly people in this nation, the silent former majority, they are horribly underrepresented throughout government, throughout the legislative branch, throughout the judicial branch, and throughout the executive branch. But meanwhile, as far as a racial group, blacks are anything but underrepresented in federal government, in state government, in city government, anything but. And the good part about that is, of course, that there are some good and godly blacks. Of course, they're in danger of being referred to as being Uncle Tom's because of not slavishly following the groupthink of the left. Not only has the Democrat Party enslaved the black American population, but they have enslaved the Jewish American population. They have owned the Jewish vote. They have owned the black vote. They are increasing their percentage of the Hispanic Latino vote. And while they have had a majority, a slim majority, of the female vote, as the Hispanic Latino vote becomes increasingly dominant in this nation and increasingly owned by the Democrats, that percentage will only increase. All to the detriment of this nation. The good and godly are disproportionately underrepresented. Underrepresented as in not represented by the Democrat Party and represented by only a portion of those of the Republican Party that are in office and only a portion of those that are so-called independents of one group or non-group or another. These are the people that are tread upon. It's just like with death taxes, inheritance taxes. Small businesses are the number one employer in the nation still, despite the enormous numbers employed by the governments and the numbers employed by businesses, larger businesses. But small businesses are the number one employer. 
And yet, those small businesses, which include family farms, family ranches, are continually oppressed by our government. The people that come here to the United States of America from Africa, from India, from Eastern Europe, from South America, from elsewhere in Asia and around the globe, so very, very, very many of them have a semblance of the traditional American dream. The dream of being able to purchase a house, make it a home, start a business, whether that happens to be something mercantile or farming or ranching or fishing or what have you, home building, and to build that business and for it to be a family-run business a family enterprise, and when they pass on to leave it to their children to build something that will last, that will endure. But our laws for ages now have been bent against them, have been designed to destroy their dreams and to break their hearts and scatter their families, impoverish their families, and to redistribute whatever wealth, pardon me, wealth they're able to accumulate, redistribute it to this interest group and that interest group, to this racial group and that racial group. to these entitlements and those entitlements. This socialist, communist, fascist agenda of the left, and fascists are of the left, it has been in the works for centuries, and it continues. And so that when the patriarch of the family dies and when his wife dies, instead of the property, instead of the family business, instead of the family farm, instead of the family ranch passing on to their children, the children inherit a massive tax liability which results in them going into foreclosure, default, being unable to pay that, or having to have a fire sale, being forced to sell the family business, the family enterprise, in order to pay the taxes. This is in free United States of America, where there is liberty and justice for all. It's not the home of the free and land of the brave. It's the home of the free to commit all manner of evil, illegal and legal evil, and injustice 
for the silent in the land, for the peaceful in the land, for the law-abiding in the land, for the good and godly in the land. And our wonderful public servants such as Hillary Rodham, Clinton, and Barack Hussein Obama, and William Jefferson Clinton, and so very many others, have been hell-bent on bringing this about. And those who should be their opposition have more often than not enabled them to do so, have joined them, and or have given them a free pass, have not stood in their way, have not opposed them, have not fought them. And it is the good and godly that suffer in the short term. In the longer term, the good and godly also suffer because the judgment deferred that is waiting for the nation will fall, unfortunately, upon the good and godly as well as upon the evil. There's been a bloodletting going on now for decade upon decade upon decade upon decade upon decade. Bloodletting of induced abortion. Bloodletting of infanticide. Bloodletting of so-called euthanasia, so-called mercy killing. Bloodletting of these court-ordered murders of innocent, helpless people. While when the most vicious, ruthless, heinous murderers, destroyers are executed on those few occasions when they are, There is a hullabaloo, all manner of efforts to see to it that they experience no pain. No pain. And if there's a chance they might have a sliver of pain, oh my gosh, we need to stop it. We need to cancel all executions of destroyers. Because we just can't have that. We can't have these destroyers who committed such monstrous, torturous, murderous crimes. We can't have them suffer because that would just be wrong. But meanwhile, some innocent young woman who has committed no crime, no offense whatsoever, she can be starved and dehydrated to death over a period of days and days. Again, this has happened many times over the years. And interestingly enough, our wonderful protectors in the media have never, ever seen fit to raise any dissent over it. Never. By the way, I am Brad Thomas. This is After All is Said and Done. 
in case you missed the introduction. And this program is from the perspective of a Christian, of this Christian. And if there's anything good, praiseworthy about it, it's thanks to my Lord and God. And if there is anything wrong with it, that is truly wrong with it, that, lay that at my door. The United States of America, a land that has been sacrificially created, founded and created, and defended and perpetuated, is not a land of liberty and justice for the good and godly. For For the Harvey Weinsteins, yes. Now, I know he may, his name may be pronounced Weinstein. The problem with that is the traditional German pronunciation, in this case, would be something like Weinstein. But he is a producer. If you look at his credits, you will see many high-profile name movies that he has been involved with. Many big, big name feature film projects. And many of them he has been an executive producer rather than a producer. And the roles are a bit different. But here's a fellow who has committed all manner of really heavy-handed, exploitative, abusive offenses against women, against beautiful women, some of whom are famous now, some of whom were perhaps somewhat famous then. But he's gotten away with it for ages. And I saw that dear old, vile, lewd, profane, horrible Larry Flint of Hustler Infamy uh, apparently is offering $10 million for information that can help lead to impeachment of Donald Trump. What I find fascinating is that, of course, dear old Larry can't be bothered to do anything to try to bring down a Harvey Weinstein. But that's just the kind of guy... Dear old Flint is. And maybe the report I saw on that, I, I only glanced at it. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's false. I thought he was gone ages ago. I thought he had died years and years ago. So maybe it was a spoof. But it fits, doesn't it? I mean, really, it fits. 
But if this were a good and godly nation, if this were a righteous, God-honoring, God-fearing, God-serving, God-loving nation, then what kind of government would we have? Would we have an obscene, unjust excuse of a government? Forgetting all of the other actors in the government, forgetting all of them, forgetting the supreme abominable court and the Senate and the House of Representatives, all of that, just forgetting that, laying that aside for a moment. What kind of man would this nation select as president? And I did say man, and that's not a not a case of misspeaking. <laughs> but what kind of man would be chosen? Would it be the worst of us, the lowest of us? Would it be somebody that's going to be an embarrassment to us? Or would it be the best, the very best, if not the best and brightest, at least the best, if not the most brilliant intellect, at least someone with solid character, righteous, godly character, strength of convictions, a moral man, a righteous man, a courageous man, a loving man, a George Washington type man? Or would it be somebody like Donald Trump? Now, whatever you think of Donald Trump, unless you are completely oblivious to the truth, you cannot in good conscience view him as the man I have just described. You cannot attribute those values, those qualities to him. You simply can't. I don't care how enthusiastic you were about the election of Donald Trump. You can't. Was he a vastly preferable choice to Hillary Rodham Clinton? Yes. But that's not to our credit. That's not to the honor of the United States of America. He has made some statements that have been remarkable, to say the least. I'm not talking about the tweets and all that nonsense. I'm talking about with reference to his statements regarding communist China, our relationship with communist China, with that great nation, communist China, that is a vicious, ruthless, murderous communist regime to this day that did not pass that did not end with the death of Mao Zedong it did not any more than North Korea 
being a vicious, ruthless, brutal, murderous communist regime passed with the death of Kim Jong-un's grandfather or his father. These evil, hateful, odious, anti-humane, anti-God regimes continue to this day. Preying upon their people. And in the case of North Korea and the communist Chinese regime, the principal enemies that they war against are the Christians in their midst. Why do you imagine that is? Why do you imagine that these powerful totalitarian regimes feel so threatened by followers of Jesus Christ? Why do you imagine that is? Well, there is the matter that their ultimate allegiance is to God, is to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, not to man, not to corrupt man, not to sinful man, let alone to vicious, murderous haters of God and of those who serve him, who fear him, who honor him, who love him, who obey him. It was the same, of course, in the Roman Empire, until it wasn't. If you can't beat them, join them, and by so doing, beat them. Here in the United States of America, given the numbers that used to exist, given the comparative, and I emphasize comparative, comparative universality of Christianity across this nation, namely that it could be found anywhere and everywhere. The enemies of God, the enemies of Christ, made a more focused, targeted battle plan. Not focusing on everybody that goes to church, every Catholic that goes to Mass, every person that goes to church services at Christmas and Easter, every Catholic that goes to Mass every day. No, they didn't focus that way. Instead, they focused on those who believed the Bible. They focused on those who prayed, who believed the Word of God, who obeyed the Word of God. In other words, the people that Hillary Rodham Clinton said were fanatics. I can't remember exactly the words that she used, but the gist of what she said 
This goes back a ways. The gist of what she said was that those people who read the Bible every day, who pray, who believe the Bible, they're fanatics. And it was a very interesting window into the soul of that creature. Her hatred, hell-bent on the destruction of those people. See, they don't fear everybody and their brother that may refer to themselves as a Christian in some survey or other, or some exit poll or something else. No. They're not concerned about those Christians who just routinely vote Democrat. No, no, no. Heavens, no. Those people who are members of the apostate denominations, they are their buddies and pals. They are their helpers. They are the ones who help promote the sodomite agenda, the induced abortion agenda. Now, the ones they were concerned about, those fundamental Christians referred to by some, born-again Christians by some others, but not the ones like Jimmy Carter, who are in lockstep with them in promoting their evil agenda. No, no, no. Not the ones who just refer to themselves that way, but those who actually are. Those who worship God, fear God, love God, honor God. Those are the enemy. The ones who believe it is their duty to raise their children along those lines. Those are the people that are in the front lines in a manner of speaking, to be destroyed. And yet, even those people are not in the foremost ranks. Those in the foremost ranks are the ones who will raise their voice. Those in the foremost ranks are those individuals who will actually do something tangible, not just voting contrary to what the destroyers want. Not just, you know, contributing to that. For my part, I would prefer that any genuine Christians give to missions rather than political parties, rather than political candidates. If they have the money to give, First and foremost, it should go to the church. That doesn't mean it has to be to a local church. There is the worldwide church. There is the suffering church in China, in Vietnam, in the Middle East, in Africa. 
in various places in Mexico and Central America and Latin America and elsewhere in Asia. I'd much rather have them giving charitably to the suffering, oppressed, persecuted, endangered church around the world than only giving to their local church and then the local church giving what it sees fit to give to missions after it's given to all the more important things, such as to the ministerial staff and all of their benefits and salaries and the building and this fund and that fund and the other fund and so on and so forth. I am not insensitive to the needs of any given local church. I am not. But again, given the times in which we live, I happen to believe the greatest needs are overseas. And I happen to believe that the church, the comparatively simple church, the more biblical church, that one finds in many cases in these extremely oppressed, dangerous places is a truer church, is more accurate in its beliefs and more devout and more pleasing to God. The United States of America was created for a reason, and it wasn't to imitate the other nations. No Western nation was supposed to imitate less godly nations. Israel was not supposed to imitate the heathens and the pagans, but it did. It embraced their ways, and it brought destruction upon itself. Speaking of so-called ancient Israel. Well, modern Israel continues to do the same thing. And the United States of America, and the British Commonwealth, and the continent, and the rest of the Western world, formerly Christendom, continue to embrace the ways of the heathen, pagan peoples. Instead of winning them to Christ, instead of being a beacon of light, instead of being an example of godliness and righteousness, we embrace their wickedness and their depravity and their lostness. It is a pity, and it is a shame. And so our leadership, our political leadership in this nation from the top down reflects that. The ignorance, the blindness, the foolishness. A good and godly leader is first and foremost at a bare minimum, a minimum requirement going to fear God. I know fear. We shouldn't fear God. Fear God because the fear of the Lord is the beginning 
of wisdom. The beginning. Absent the fear of the Lord, there is not the tiniest, most minuscule modicum of a beginning of godly wisdom. And our current president is devoid of that. As was his predecessor, who was much worse than that, as was his predecessor, and the list goes on. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know. But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.